Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Do you know the power of an unstoppable team? Join me in today's interview as entrepreneur Mike Michalowicz guides you through the journey of finding the perfect fit, deconstructing roles, and fostering psychological ownership for unparalleled business success. Welcome to Biz Help For You, the show that saves you the expensive learning curve by providing advice from industry experts in every facet of the entrepreneurial journey. Too many small businesses collapse. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 20% fail within their first year, and less than 35% make it to their 10th anniversary. The goal of this podcast is to change that statistic. So if you're interested in learning more to be a successful entrepreneur, tune in today. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. Mike Michalowicz is an accomplished entrepreneur who has founded and sold multi-million dollar companies and is now dedicated to sharing innovative entrepreneurial strategies. His creations, including Profit First, Clockwork, Fix This Next, Get Different, and All In, provide entrepreneurs with practical tools to drive profitability, automate operations, prioritize growth, stand out in their markets, and build successful teams. With his proven insights and extensive experience, Mike Michalowicz is a valuable resource if you are seeking effective strategies for business success and profitability. So Mike, welcome back to the show. Candy, it's so fun to be with you. Thanks for having me back. And uh, thanks, thanks for sending that email in. I got your email when you wrote okay. all of it. <laughs> Good. I actually really enjoyed your book. I'm really excited for your nice. launch. So Thank thanks you. for participating with me. But I want to ask you first, do you want to just explain why you decided to write All In? I wrote it because of reader feedback. It started maybe five, six years ago, pre-COVID. I was getting emails saying it's very difficult to recruit people. I don't know how to raise the bar. There's this new Gen X uh, or, or millennial environment and conflict. And all these different elements. I was like, oh, this is super interesting. And it was some of the struggles I had in my own businesses too. So I started the research. When COVID hit, it was the fuel on the fire. Like, like everything shifted in business. I'm like, gosh, I have to get this out there. So I spent about four or five years curating information, testing it. As you know, I own multiple businesses. We tested our own, teamed up with a partner, Daniel Mulvey. She started deploying it in companies. We found the system that works. That's when I codified it. And then we, I wrote the book and- here we are now. <laughs> Perfect. I learned a lot from the book. I took lots of notes oh, and good. I'm looking good. forward to implementing them. So I'm going to ask you the first question really is about your name, Faso. 
right? Can you explain what that is? Yeah, FASO is an acronym. It sounds like LASSO. And it's the four elements and, and sequence of things that leaders must address in order to build an unstoppable team. It's, it's really, it, it implores the leader's efforts. Like what the leader puts out, we'll get back. The first part, F stands for fit. And the realization I had, the profound realization is there's this belief that 10% of the population's A players or whatever the number is. The realization was, my God, everyone is an A player when in the right role. Everyone has A potential. Everyone can do something as long as they find the right role. Now, it may not be in your organization. You got to be clear about that. But everyone has the capability to be their greatest self when put in the right position. That That's what a leader needs to seek out. The A in FASO stands for ability. There, And the profound realization here was there are three types of ability, but most employers only look for one. And if you're lucky, two, but they're missing out on the big one. The obvious one is experiential ability. What have we done in the past? It's on the resume. We can look at that and say it's likely what they're going to do in the future. It's important, but it's insignificant. The next part is innate ability. Innate ability is what the Myers-Briggs and all the systems pull out, an Enneagram. It's like, what's their behavioral tendencies? Important, but also those two, experiential and innate, are insignificant compared to the most important, which is potential ability. What can this person do in the future? And there's a way to find out. And I explain in the book how to explore people's potential through a concept called workshops. The S stands for safety. We as a leader need to bring about safety to people in our organization for them to be able to, be able to express their fullest selves. There's physical safety, which is still relevant today. We think, oh, isn't every work environment safe? No, including I found out my own. We had a we have an alley here that is a dark alley. That I didn't realize when my colleagues were leaving, they felt uncomfortable walking the dark alley to the parking lot. They felt unsafe. And for the last few hours of work every day, their mind starts drifting either consciously or sub toward their safety and getting home. And so we had to resolve that. And the last thing is ownership, but specifically what's called psychological ownership. There's research back in the 1980s facilitated by a guy named John Pierce and others, and they identified that we all humans have a sense of ownership over something. And as leaders, we can bring about the sense of psychological ownership. And when we have psychological ownership, we identify with that thing. It's it's part of who we are, and therefore we elevate it. So we need to deploy psychological ownership, which is ironically or interestingly is different than responsibility. Most leaders say, you need to do this. And if you fail to do it, you're in trouble. If you succeed, we'll give you more. That's responsibility and actually can be detrimental. Ownership is where you give people control, intimate knowledge of what they're doing, and the ability to even personalize it. Then it becomes part of their identity, and it's then our natural human tendency to bring it to the highest level because it's part of who I am. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know going along with that, you talk about when you're going to be hiring someone, looking at what you need and taking a position and maybe deconstructing that position even. So can you explain what that means? Yeah. So what most employers do is they match talent to title. They say, I said in my own company, oh, I need a receptionist and I need a salesperson. And I had these roles identified. Remember the receptionist was someone who you know greets walk-ins. This is when people still walked into buildings, answers the phone. They're going to have to do some data entry and some accounting. But we hired someone for that role. We also hired a salesperson. But what the Reality is, is great leaders don't match talent to titles. They match talent to tasks. We deconstructed the receptions to all those different components. And we realized we hired someone who was great at greeting people, amazing on the phone, stunk at data entry. We also noticed that we had a salesperson 
who was really good at closing the deal, but not good at maintaining relationships and was actually really good at data entry. That was part of their closing mechanism. They were really on the numbers. So what we did is we shifted the salesperson to be a person that closes deals and also does data entry and, and maintaining our CRM, which was what the former receptionist role was. And now this person was kind of bleeding over into that. Our receptionist started to do some of our sales farming, you know, maintaining those mm-hmm. relationships. Both these individuals excelled. Our corporation excelled. We started to blur the lines of the classic pyramid structure, and we built more of like a web-like structure. And webs in, in nature are more flexible and actually stronger than these kind of pyramid buildings. So match people's talent to their tasks and you'll see your company excel. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great point too, because I think we do bring someone in thinking we need them to do, you know, these th- 10 to things, you know, and yeah. maybe they're great at some and maybe they're not. And when you can look at your whole staff and see who is doing really well in an area and changing those jobs, I think that's really helpful to think of and different than what a lot of us think of when we're hiring or reviewing positions. So particularly in small businesses, you know, Mm -hmm. when that's my focus, companies under 50 employees, people have to wear multiple hats is what we call. And so we should lean into that and and really match people up. It's these larger corporations where someone can kind of get buried in their title. But the other thing is when we as individuals don't perform well at something, we don't then have a desire to do it. It's, you know, right. if I talk to someone who says they stink at math, I say, well, how often do you practice math? They're like, never, because I stink at it. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you like to do? I like to dance. Okay, how often do you do that? Well, I, I go to dance sessions every day. Oh, so the things that we have a natural draw to will actually amplify. So it's important to us, but it's also important to the individual that when we match them up with what they like to do, they'll naturally be the greatest self. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, you also talked about A players in waiting, right? It's the leader's job to really develop those employees. So can you also touch on how you go about doing that as a leader? Yeah. So this is where potential is. An A player in waiting is potential. Uh, An example I use actually put in the book is Eddie Van Halen. Imagine you and Candy, uh, you, Candy, and I say, we're going to start a band. And we're like, we just need a great guitarist. And you're like, oh, let's get Eddie Van Halen. Now, Eddie Van Halen has passed, but back in the day, he would have been like, are you kidding me? I'm making gamillions and I have my own band. But if you and I approached Eddie Van Halen when he's like 11 years old, when he was really exploring the guitar, I bet you we could have got him. But the question comes about is like, how do you know Eddie's going to be Eddie when mm-hmm. he's 11? You do it through workshops. What we could have done is say, hey, we're putting on a guitar workshop and maybe you and I don't play guitar. Maybe we hire someone who can teach guitar. We invite in all the 11, 10, nine-year-olds and say, do you want to learn to play guitar? Our job then as leaders is to observe the people that show the most interest. And it always reveals the same the same three stages. First, through curiosity, where there's intrigue, we sign up for it. Next is desire. And that's where real talent starts revealing itself. Eddie Van Halen couldn't put the guitar down. He wanted to practice more and more. He had tons of questions about it. And then the highest stage is thirst. Thirst is where this is who you are. I can't live without this. And we'll see these students go through these levels. Our job is to cherry pick people out. So what we do to find A players or people with A potential is start putting on workshops, educational activities, in person, online, whatever. See the people who raise up and show the most thirst and desire. Those are the folks that are going to likely be the rock stars for your company. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you talked about having those workshops, I was looking at like the possibility of, well, if I do that, you know, that would be great, right? To help identify. But what if 
I don't have a position yet, but I identify someone who would be a great fit. You know, how do you work with someone saying like, I want to develop a position for you and, you know, have them in waiting and deciding when to have that workshop? Like, what would you tell people who are listening, who think this is a brand new concept in terms of hiring someone, how to go about doing that? Yeah. So you can build a bench. So the the first step is if you do the workshops now, but you don't need to hire someone, you don't necessarily have to do the workshop. But if you do do it and you identify rock stars, give them a certificate of accomplishment or some form of completion so they can continue on this path. So we see Eddie Van Halen's a great guitarist. We're not ready to start our band yet. We give him a certificate of accomplishment and we invite him back if we can to higher level things or introduce him to other places where he can express himself. Us giving that person educational opportunities, even when they're not in our employment, builds an affinity back to us. Mm-hmm. It's also a responsibility to say, listen, we're looking to start a band one day. We're still about three years out. We want you to have an amazing journey getting better guitar and just would love the privilege of staying connected with you. This is actually what colleges and professional sports use too, is they go through these camps. They find these athletes that are in eighth grade or ninth grade who are showing the strongest potential, but they're like, you have to wait until you graduate high school before you can play the college level. Can we stay in touch? And can we help mentor you? So you can still serve in that capacity and people that are served because your interest, their interest is top of your mind and you're caring for their interest will likely reciprocate and be interested in what you have to offer when you have to offer it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I liked that concept too, because a lot of times I have had that where someone may come to me and have some training or something. And then now to think like, oh, well, I can keep mentoring or having other opportunities to keep in touch with them so that when a position does open, I can reach out. So I love that. that you there, was a, that too. there was an article that broke in the Wall Street Journal just a few weeks, or maybe a month ago now about Audible, the company Audible that does mm-hmm. audiobooks. They started a program called Returnships, not internships, but Returnships. They went out to a community of people who had left the workforce for an extended period of time, maybe due to illness, caring for a family member or whatever, and now are looking to re-enter the workforce. So if that's who you are, they say, hey, we have a Returnship, a workshop where you can come to the Audible facility over six weeks or so. We'll teach you new skills that you can use to re-enter the professional workforce. Well, guess what? They're also using that to cherry pick the best candidates to come work at Audible, but everyone gets elevated in the process. And that's the beauty about this. In the traditional format, you try to interview someone when you're looking, the people that don't qualify never know why they didn't qualify and one Mm -hmm. person gets hired. But in this workshop or camp environment, now everyone's getting better through the process and you have the privilege of picking who's the best fit for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and along those lines too, you're talking about a five-star fit process when you're going to be interviewing. So can you go into what that entails? Yeah. So you start off with what are the needs for your organization? And then where do people's innate potential and even experiential talent match up to it? So one thing we did here uh, at our own organization is Kelsey, who's now president of our company, uh, managed my schedule and we deconstructed what are the elements of it. What you'll find is most of the things that people bring to the table aren't necessary for that specific task or skill. You know, she has a four-year college degree. Was that relevant? No. She can speak, you know, partially speak Spanish. Is that relevant? No. But there were some other things like responsiveness to customers, timely responsiveness, the ability to, to be flexible. You know, we wrote down those kind of innate talents. And then when we went through the recruiting process, we found someone that this is who they were. Plus, this other person, Aaron, brought these talents that we didn't already have in that role. 
an ability to be, stern's not the right word, but to be able to constrain the demands that some customers put on us so that we can make sure we're delivering equally to everybody. And she is crushing it. So the five-star fit is, is understanding what are the innate kind of in non-concrete intangibles, I guess, that we need for a role, plus the the tangibles, ma- matching it up to the needs of that role. And there you have your fit. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know you talked about having like an there's an application that has to be done and maybe there's like a little skills test that has to be done. And then they're like going through a process that could take a little bit of time. And I know sometimes employers are concerned that they're going to lose an applicant to someone else if they don't hire fast enough. So what do you say to someone about that who is saying, well, I like the concept that you have about this process to go through, but it's going to take too long and I might lose a candidate. Yeah. You probably will lose an unfit candidate. And isn't that a blessing, right? We want people that are really interested. This isn't to put burden on others just for the sake of burden. It's mm-hmm. it's to put some friction in the process so they have to exert an effort to get there. And the more effort people have to make, the more committed they come to the process. So it's funny how many people will just run an ad and they'll get these responses like, God, everyone stinks. Uh, you know, they, they came here, they didn't even know the job I had available for them. Well, there was no friction. If you put people through a, a few steps, they have to really ask themselves, is this something I want to make the effort for mm-hmm. to, to pursue? And if they're asking themselves that and they say, yes, I want to make the effort, that means they're seriously interested. So do put some barriers in place for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree with you too. And I think even putting in something into the posting where they have to follow a certain step right there just helps weed out some people. Oh my that- gosh. You can weed out 90%. <laughs> if you, yeah. If, we, we had a real simple thing and, and I talk about it prolifically, I mean, I ter- share it with everybody and yet I've never seen any change in the statistics when people apply, even if they're hearing this, I put in our ads, I make these super long ads near the end. It says, if you're actually reading this entirety ad, you're the type of person we're looking for, put in the subject line. I'm a meticulous reader and doer or something, some kind of code word. Mm-hmm. Then I look for that. And I would say 90% of the responses are just generic. I'm like, didn't read the full ad. Mm-hmm. Do- and I've heard some people say, but don't you want those candidates? No, no, <laughs> right. they don't. They're not interested in reading a full ad. Right. Why would I want to be, have them working for me? But the ones that do respond are already showing the effort. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you also mentioned three key intangibles. So what are those? The intangibles, I, I think I was talking about uh, listen, learn, and limber. These, if that's what we we're talking about, those elements are what I found with research, I partnered with Daniel Mulvey, are the three key elements that employees who are the most flexible and inevitably the highest performing all have. So listening is not passively listening, actively listening, getting feedback, uh, giving their responses, engaging, regurgitating what they heard. Limber is the definition of flexibility. I've had people, I say, hey, uh, we have a problem here. We, you know, we, we spill something on the floor. And some people say, well, okay, that's not my job. I want someone, including myself, to say, that's a problem for us. I'm fixing it without mm-hmm. a question, you know, the flexibility to work without the confines of what's normally expected of you. So listen, limber and um, learn. <laughs> and learning is where people are actively trying to grow themselves. Inevitably, people that are always stretching themselves are, are the highest performers because they're always looking to gain a little knowledge. They're willing to put themselves in uncomfortable positions. It's the folks who are not looking to expand or learn who typically get into a, a uh, routine 
And often when you get into a routine, that becomes a trench and you get entrenched. So we want people that are constantly looking to expand at least a little. Mm-hmm. Well, and as small business owners too, when we have only a few employees, I think having someone who's limber, who can step in and help as necessary is really important. And also the willingness to learn so they can move into another position. So you don't have to hire. Yeah, exactly. So I love that. Do you have any additional takeaways that you wanted to share before we end today? Sure. Uh, I I encourage people to check out the concept of psychological ownership. Psychological ownership is where we see something as part of us. And so here's the key trick. When you talk with an employee, if they say this is your company, they don't have a source of an identification with your company. They don't feel it's part of them, but they say this is our company, they do. And so you can just look for that. And if you see people saying this is our company, you're doing things that are supporting that belief. If people are saying this is your company or the company, you aren't there yet and you need to improve the sense of psychological ownership. I teach the process in the book, but that's a key indicator to look for. Right. Well, I know we're coming to the end of the time we have together today, and I know you want to talk about your book and how people can find it. So (laughs) where can they find it and how can they connect with you if they want more information? Well, it's called All In, hence, you know, go all in. The subtitle is How Great Leaders Build Unstoppable Teams. It's on all the major retailer websites. It's at every bookstore. You can go there. If you don't physically see it there, just say like All In by Mike Michalowicz. They'll get it for you. If you want to get a sneak peek early, or even if it's out there and you just want to kind of sniff it out first, go to mikemotorbike.com. That is my website. No one can spell my last name, Michalowicz, but Mike Motorbike as in the motorcycle. You'll get free chapter downloads from All In. You'll see my other work there too. I used to write for the Wall Street Journal for a few years. I have those articles available for free, all at mikemotorbike.com. Perfect. Well, I definitely enjoyed reading it. I was glad I got to have an early copy. And so I would know exactly what the book was about when I was interviewing you. So I appreciated that. And it's a great resource. So thank you so much for encouraging entrepreneurs to really look at what they need to do to be successful leaders because it's so important. Thank you for saying this. This has been a real joy, Candy. Thank you listeners for tuning in today. I hope you found this topic interesting and enjoyed the informative discussion. Would you please share my show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform? I'd really appreciate your support. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to my guest at any of the links that they shared, or you could send me a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join me for my next interview. And remember, you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. This episode is sponsored by Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services. If you are overwhelmed trying to handle the financial aspects of your business, ABNP is here to help. Contact us today to discuss your needs at 310-534-5577 or contact at abandp.com. My team and I are eager to assist you. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to BizHelp For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.